Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August twentieth. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing great. Just ready Good. for the weekend. Got a wedding this weekend, so. Uh, oh. You know. Local wedding. Yeah, fairly local. Yeah. Gonna take a full swing at it. What do you I mean? That's a little different uh, calculation. You got a one year old there. You know. One year. One year old staying at uh, Grandma Grandpa's. Okay. All right. Good luck. That's great. That's always fun to look forward I don't to. Know, a don't know yeah. how how much I want to be in pain on Sunday though. That's the that's the issue. So you're like in your mid thirties now. What was like? I mean, what, say like your what was like the most intense wedding stretch summer? Like, did you have like I know some friends I say I, like, like uh, fifteen right in a year 30, kind of right around yeah. thirty. I think we had eight or nine in one year, maybe nine in a yeah. year. There's, there's, it was the year we yeah. got married too. We had nine. Oh, there's like a stretch there where you like your budget. You have like a wedding budget for travel, for hotel. You know, it's just constant ba- bachelor but, parties, which have become now I'm, just absurd, right. uh, oh, absurd four day week. It's just yeah. like we're going to the south of France for my bachelor party or something like that. Yeah, just ridiculous things. But yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I, we're outside party. the blast radius mostly now. We're of an age where they're few and farther between. So when we get one, it's very exciting. So, what was your bachelor party? We had so many because it, it was the year yeah. of the wedding. All of my friends. So I just did. I did one night in Chicago, and everybody. If we went, we just went dive bar to dive bar. It was glorious. That's great. Everybody got absolutely lit up. I had numerous people, a, group, a number of friends that came up to me and said that was the this was the best bachelor party because it was That's one night. Great. I mean, I don't really remember much after like an hour of it. So. <laughs> Not too big a commitment for everybody. That's exactly that's fantastic. everybody that's sleeps good. in their own bed. Maybe, maybe everybody. Not. Not not everybody necessarily, but <laughs> yeah, but they could. They had the option to. You know, they found themselves needing it. Okay, all right. Well, good. Best of luck with your wedding. This is uh, Friday summer hours. Maybe we'll see. As we're talking about decidedly non-golf matters here at the top. We're recording early. My wife's going out. We're trying to get it done. We don't want to record late. Start the weekend early. Uh, the event of the week. Your uh, Women's Open Championship, we have tri-leaders, a trio, Madeline Sagstrom, Nellie Korda, Seyun Kim. This will likely be mute by the time you're listening to it, but maybe for a slice of the audience, it will be literally live. Um, they shot five under, 67. Uh, there were, I mean, that round was out there. I just said it. There was a round of 67 available. I don't know. The wind wasn't up. Nellie said as much. You know, it, it, she gave... A couple back. I think she made eight birdies. Gave kind of made a mess of the par uh, par three sixteenth. Um, but yeah, the, there w- it was for Cardusti. It was benign, I guess you could say. 
So yeah. this was great coffee golf. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful first round. This is the way we expect to open championships with the men. When the wind's not up, the, the scores are out there. It's gettable. So, I mean, I think this is, uh, sets it up well for if the wind blows. I think you're going to start to see some carnage out there. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of great golf shots out there, too. Um, I think, you know, obviously, Nelly Cord is a story, right? You know, this is... Yes, uh, yes. This, if she, the way she looks right now, she looks very, very, very unstoppable. It's almost an air of inevitability through one round in the sense of what we've seen the last few weeks from her. Just as a quick refresh, she won the uh, Meyer LPGA. She won the KPMG Women's PGA Major Championship. Then she, she finished 19th in the Avion Championship, and she won the Olympics. Those are her last uh, four starts coming into this. And uh, now she's co-leading the Open Championship. So Off to a good start. This is um, you know something we've talked about a little bit, but it, it has felt like we're on the precipice of, of potentially a dominant player just with just the sheer talent, the distance, the accuracy, the all-around skills. And um, it could be just a special weekend to watch as a superstar continues to be to kind of awaken in front of our eyes. Take a chokehold on on sort of at the top of the game, the rankings, um, and also would add even further juice to the uh, the Solheim Cup coming in like a couple of weeks. You know, just another real like superstar emerging uh, on the American side. Which you know, to be fair. Last few go rounds, you know, there's depth, but there's not like that sort of lead horse, right? The, the, yeah. That's the, the sep- totally separated herself as maybe the best player in the world on the American side. It's deep, it's deep, but it's not necessarily super strong at the top. That that's generally fell fall into Korea over the last you know decade. So, and I think yeah, I think this would be Nelly would start to be on a trajectory that we haven't seen since MB Park, really. Yep. In the women's Couple game, other- where dominance, right. but great leaderboard, awesome. You know, Yuka. who would have who would have expected it? Major championship, great board, which must mean the course is good, right? That's the that's the ter- yes. that's the theorem. Tory Pines, <laughs> Bellary, like <laughs> get all the best players in the world together. Great leaderboard. <laughs> they really try. That means. We must be at a great venue. No, I think obviously all the big names are there. Seon Kim, uh, who's been one of the best players in the world for the last few years. Nelly, Yuka involved. I want to shout out Louise Duncan, the Scott, the amateur. Incredible round of golf, shooting 68, one off the pace. And uh, Andrea Lee, American, four under 68. So these are two of the not like elite, you know, top guns. One's an amateur. Andrea Lee, I think I saw Beth Ann Nichols say, she didn't get into the Scottish mm-hmm. and just yeah. spent like the last week like playing incredible golf, Scotland venue, like played the old course, played, which is, you know, I, the Scottish Open is a competitive environment, but, you know, I don't know, pretty pretty good consolation prizes just to, to, to prep for Carnoustie and also, I don't know, experience the world and life would be going to play golf in Scotland for an extra week or so ahead of a major championship. And now she's in the top five. Yeah, great to see Andrea Lee uh, yep. on that board, uh, you know, rookie. But uh, one thing I will say about Louise Duncan, she's very yes. lucky because there are no 
women in the field with the last name Scott. So a little bit less competition for low Scott this week. Good. I got it. Pretty good. Is she the only? What do you mean, low Scott? Oh, all right. <laughs> There's no one with the name Scott. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say she's the only Scottish player in the field. Like, no, that can't be true. No, like, but okay. there's there's far right. less limited player. Right. There's far less players with the name Scott in the right. women's game. Right. It, it's right. confined to a last name. Okay. Um, I got it. And, and there and aren't any of course, in the field. Scott Jameson, who touches checks both boxes, <laughs> who you know, knocks them both out of the park. All right. Uh, anything else on the women's open? Uh, Carnoustie. It was available for scoring. If it blows, it, it did not lo- did not look warm. Did not look warm. We had big mitts. We had I think Nelly had on like fleece over a fleece. You know, our caddies and caps. So it's it's proper. You know, temperatures. It's not. What was that? Eighteen when it was just an absolute oven baked out, mm-hmm. completely baked out when they were there for the last uh, major. Men's yeah, it's Open. been a little bit so, wetter of a year, so it's a yeah. little softer than when we saw in eighteen, but. This is a considerably more difficult uh, setup than 2011 when it was there, um, you know, and it's it shows with the scores. Like, there's only, I think Will Knights tweeted out something. There's 29 uh, sub 70 scores in the first round of 2011, and uh, this time around we only have uh, 10, and it was okay. extremely about as gettable as it can get. Okay. Fantastic. All right. We will be watching that uh, all weekend. Just just fabulous coffee golf. Just do stuff with your family in the afternoon and watch that in the morning. All right. On the PGA Tour. You are, we you're the... going to watch be locked in for the playoffs? No. I, I mean, I, I'm just not. I, I, I don't want to bag on it. I, it's not getting me. I, maybe, maybe there's a great leaderboard. Maybe there's some... Do you think there's going to be a great Brooks leaderboard? And Bryson. Got yeah, of course players. there will be. Yeah. Maybe, I, I meant beyond that. Maybe there's some sort of compelling Brooks versus Bryson. I'll watch that. Like, I could already of see. I could already see tweets this weekend. You know, as much trash as the playoffs get, look at this leaderboard. I guarantee. Yeah, but they it. don't care that much. Like it's just going through the motions and collecting checks. That's the issue. It's like it's like yeah, of course. I don't know. You get a Lakers, whatever. You get like a two best teams in the NBA playing in like February. Like, it's not the same as them playing in June. There's just less pop. And the irony of that, of course, is that would be the playoffs where it's ratcheted up for the NBA. And here it's like, I don't know. There's just it, there's less intensity. But but I'm sure they all want to win and collect the biggest check. I don't even think the leaderboard's that good right now. If we're judging by 125. Of course, you're going to have a few guys in there that, you know, you got a JT and a John Rom, but I don't know, Cam Tringali, Harold Varner III, I don't know, Mackenzie Hughes. Like, those are all great players. They're here, but, you know, it's not like just the top 16 in the world and they're in a bracket, but. Uh, I think this yeah. could end up being a good leaderboard. That's my hunch. I got a, I got a hunch. It's a good, it's a good hunch. Good, good way to go with that. News. There, we had Patrick Reed, WD, like an hour and a half, two this hours before his tea time. Troubling. I got a text. I had my, my phone off silent. It woke me up this morning. It must have been, I don't know when they tweeted it out, and I, I get an alert for it. That's what I woke up to. Patrick Reed is WD. Like, I gave a shit about this. I have to have my phone on because I'm 
got to get up early this week to take kids to camp. And that's what woke me up ahead of before my alarm. I was pretty annoyed. But anyways, I guess he tried to give it a go. And then WD this morning seems to have an ankle issue holdover from a slip and fall in Memphis. Uh, I don't know, just walking out of the office park or what what it was. But those curbs um, in office parks, you got to watch out for them. So WD from Wyndham, which people thought was because he was, you know, signaled he's been guaranteed a spot of the Ryder Cup, but he does seem to have like a real injury issue going on here. And of course, you know, he probably wants to rest up and be ready for that. Seems like he'll be good to go next week. Other news, Dustin Johnson cracked his driver or noticed a crack on his driver this Why morning. Is this news? I mean, it's news at the tournament. I think it's a little remarkable that the, if not the best driver in the world, the other best driver in the world, doesn't have a backup at the ready. And he's using two three woods in the playoffs. Why is there not a... Well, it's because they mean, have to take the ferry over. It's not like you could just run back to the hotel. they got to get on the ferry. How much ferry come content on. have we seen this week? We get lots of ferry content, and I was thinking it. That's why he doesn't have it. He's used to just keeping it in the hotel room. It's never very far away. And this time it's uh, it's in the ferry. Like there's, or maybe he keeps it in his courtesy car, and he doesn't have a courtesy car this week because he takes the ferry over. That's the probably what line. it is. I bet he keeps it in his car. Honestly, the ferry was the highlight of the 2017 Presidents Cup for me. Covering that, I don't remember like much notable from that, but the ferry ride it is legitimately cool. Of course, you know your phone video of it is no different or better than the other one or the ten that came before it. But it, that doesn't mean it's not cool. I just you know maybe you don't have to share the footage of it anymore but you know that's that i feel be. i feel good because you know one of the I, I toil on decisions i hate making decisions and uh i was deciding between going to the 2017 president's cup oh, or going, i think i remember going this. to sand hills, sand hills. I remember and, I, this. and i decided that i was gonna go to sand hills a few people were like why are you even making why is this even a decision that you're thinking about and i went to sand hills i didn't watch a shot of the president's cup and i and it was you know arguably the, maybe the worst golf competition and uh, in the history right? of golf yeah I think I went, I think I didn't even go there on Saturday. I think I went out in Manhattan Friday night just, with just, like with, some people late, late, late scratch in the morning. Representatives Rory's, somebody, I, I think I went out and then I just like, I was hurting the next day and I got in my car and I went home. <laughs> I think I went home Saturday. I think I didn't even go Saturday or Sunday, I went Thursday and Friday. Ah, don't tell my former employer that. Anyways, um, so that's that's whatever. Liberty Nash, DJ, just like I don't know, you should have a driver. The, the the hot drawer. There's not the trucks not there with the with ready to go with another driver. It's just interesting to me that the best driver in the world only has two three woods. Oh, and it's got to make a do. It's got to make do with the three wood, the smaller head. And you know, he's maybe, getting maybe he might be able to miss him. it since it's not 460 cc's. His strokes gained off the tee, I guess, are horrendous through round round one compared to what they normally are. Anyways, anything else from the Northern Trust that per Well, yeah, Justin Thomas is putting well. I uh, I think everybody got really wowed with JT's all-around game. Uh, what was it, 2018, when he had that great season? And one of the things was he was like a top 40 putter. 
And that was like you saw the meteoric rise of his putting. And one of the things that's been so lackluster and disappointing has been the putting the last couple of years, and especially this year. And uh, he's putting well. And, you know, here's the thing. When Justin Thomas or a guy like uh, him or Morikawa putts well, they're probably going to win. So he he's putting well. He's I think he's mid-round. He's 17th in, in strokes gain putting. And uh, if that continues, he's probably going to win. Let's do a quick segment called Ryder Cup. I don't know. Ryder Cup Review. Oh, One player, Ryder Cup Tony Finau. We've got like a month ago, Tony Finau. He's 12th in points. He's playing well for the first time, what seems in a while. He's on the first page of the leaderboard. He's T3. This may all be mute. Do I get to bring up a player, too? No. We'll just do, do, you can, who do you want to bring up? Kevin well, Kisner? You want to talk about no, Kevin Kisner? I don't no, think there's enough I, I don't, Ryder I'm, Cup to I'm not going to tell you. you. You spurned that you just brought this all up right. out of nowhere. Right. I mean, Tony so Finau. I'm gonna, I'm He's 12th in points. I'm back at you. Would you put him on the Ryder Cup team? One of your six picks. He played yes. in Paris. Was actually pretty good, but hasn't done well. Hasn't been much of this year. You would, okay? Uh, I would because he's got a number of skills that are extraordinarily important for, I think, both for alternate shot. Really, I think he's he's one of the best alternate shot players that that the Team US has because he has overwhelming power. He's a great iron player, and he the thing that nobody really you know, thinks about as a great short game player is Tony Finau. Tony Finau is like consistently, I think about top 25 uh, strokes gained around the green the last few years. So mm-hmm. while he, he he might not putt that well, like there's very few p- players with that good of all around game. And that's the type of player that you want for especially alternate shot, the format that the U.S. struggles most in. You know, like alternate shot a- attacks deficiencies. And if out like and you think about like the guys that have been really good for the Europeans in alternate shot you've got like Justin Rose and Stenson uh Molinari and Fleetwood last Ryder Cup those guys are ex- extraordinary ball strikers and that's something that you know the U.S. tends to you know sometimes doesn't have like the great all-around players like those guys are all what would be con- deemed somewhat bulky putters now, yeah. like Finau is an example of a guy that I think would be a really good alternate shot player. Okay. He's currently in the positive strokes game putting, but 114th on the season. Not, you know, hasn't basically hasn't done anything since that Riviera loss to Max Homa. Um, he had a T8 at Kiowa, but of course that was more or less a two-man race. That's the other thing um, is, the, is the majors. Like he's he's a guy that, is really good in in the highest stakes. You know, it's like so. That's another reason I, I'd like a, I'd like him on okay. the team. So that's um, a game within the game. I'd say. You know, we say the playoffs one? don't mean anything, but it does matter. I think for guys going for that. Yeah, give me one. Um, I'm gonna go with. You're going like way down the list. I gotta find the points going? race. All right, I want Kevin Nah. I don't know where he is on the points. Kevin Nah. He's 21. He's 21st. He's behind should Phil, Kevin, behind Max Kevin, Homa. Should Kevin Na be considered? Um, sure. I think he should be considered because he'd get under the opposing team's skin. He'd be an irritant, yes, right? That's what I'm... I, why I think we I just got to stop. I, I hate to like get into like the intangibles and all that other... But like clearly, Europe 
has guys that just know how to play in this event, whether they've played like shit in stroke play events for two years. They show up and they clean the clock with the guy who's won five WGCs and top five in every major for two years. Like they just like, I think at some point, whatever task force, I don't want to get into the larger debate, but like maybe we just need to go more personality wise in terms of guys who are irritants, who are annoying. Well, who do you get a DJ, right? Didn't he get into it with the, not get into it, but he, he sort of, he turned the, put the screws to DJ yeah. on conceding a putt or a quick well, break, whatever a- it was in Austin. I forget, but yeah. I think that in all types of, I'm not saying Kevin Nash should be on this team, but I think his style of play is one that's valuable. Kevin Nash always going to be hitting his approach shot first. So if he's playing well, which he's been playing well, yeah. if he's hitting his first shot approach shot before, and this is like, I think another thing that the Europeans is a sneaky little advantage. Most of their guys, they don't have as powerful of a team as the U.S., so they hit their approach shots first. When you hit your approach shot first in, ma- first in match play, you have a tremendous advantage to put immense pressure on, on your opponent. And Kevin Da would be almost guaranteed to be hitting his approach shot first a lot. And he's he's done well. He's I mean, in... In the, mat- in the match play, he got to the round of 16 in 2017. He got to the quarterfinals in 2019. He's won three times since the last Ryder Cup. Sneaky. I'm not yeah. a Kevin Knott guy, but there are no. a lot of guys that have won three times since the last Ryder Cup. He's right. he's one of them. Right. Uh, all right. That was just an impromptu segment. We'll look at some other names. I, I Stricker strikes me as a guy who's just going to go straight points. The oh, next yeah. Six guys off the points list to not. Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla with uh, no dashes of, of chocolate syrup or or, uh, or caramel. It's just vanilla ice cream, I think, from, from Captain oh, Strick. Yeah. White bread with mayo in between it, and that's it. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll do that maybe as the next month and a half continues on. A lot of names to debate. All right, continuing on their schedule for the week. You know, they should make the the fans be able to vote for one of the captain's picks. So then, like, at the end of it, they could always be like, well, you guys picked them. They could use that software they used for the ticket lottery that had everybody hollering about it. It Get some votes. We could do fan. It could be a new fan vote Friday. Think about all the engagement. People would go nuts. Yeah, I. It's not a bad idea. Vote for the last guy. Of course, they everybody vote for you know their favorite. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Albertson's Boise Open. West Roach leaves. Very, I mean, it's, it's West early. Coast time. Very, very early. Papa Roach West... in the lead. Jesus, that's terrible. All right, uh, on the European tour. We have uh, Maverick Ant Cliff co-leads with Henrik Stenson at the D&D Real Czech Masters. Um, I didn't watch that. That is streaming opposite the uh, streaming opposite the whatever the, the women's open. So Maverick Ant Cliff, maybe he'll get a uh, maybe Stenson's making a late run to get get added to the roster. We have somebody texting us right now for Precision Pro. Promo code, which we'll get to in a second for Flashback Friday. I could see you're texting with them. I'm on the chain, getting distracted here as we're trying to record. Ask him for promo um, codes. Dishing out promo codes. All right, that's it for scores, I think. We, we hit on everything. Should we do Precision Pro Flashback Friday? Sure. Sure. All right. 
The Flashback Friday, all year, all summer, brought to you by Precision Pro. It's the official rangefinder of the Shotgun Start and the Fried Egg. You can find them at precisionprogolf.com, not precisionpro.com, precisionprogolf.com. Our promo code, I believe, is SHOTGUN20. That'll give you $20 off the NX9. I think it's just the NX9 slope. They are out with their new R1 rangefinder, which, um, I don't know, my golf spy calls it the most technology adva- technologically advanced rangefinder ever. Uh, Golf Week says it's trying to push forward the next evolutionary step in lasers. I mean, does that mean lasers generally or laser rangefinder? Like, I, I mean, I mean, who knows? D- they might have to talk to Doctor Evil about lasers. Yes. <laughs> dating ourselves here so anyways um, the r1 is, is the one that gets you more it connects with your phone gets you slope I'll tell you what. distances uh wing assist, all sorts of stuff all right what's your story the um so they got this great magnet i didn't know about the magnet for a while after i got it i think of all the technology that the magnet just dazzles you is just very appropriate okay go ahead i i don't ride in carts very much but i rode um for we did i did a little nine holes i was with the no laying up boys for their uh their um tourist sauce in michigan and we we did 27 in the last nine we we rode it was after a trip to the to founders brewery so you know it was a little little cocktail golf and uh and i used the the magnet really for like the first time it was great yeah But I will say one of the hard things is I forgot it was there. Yeah. And I I almost left without it, but the the cart guy was like, hey, your rangefinder. And I was like, oh. So, you know, I'm I'm sure that I'm not the only idiot that has this happen. The R1 has to find my rangefinder. Yeah, it's connected to your phone. You can go out and find it. You left it in the. So you, 16, you'll never lose your whatever. rangefinder. Like I yeah. using the magnet, the magnet can promote loss because you just it it by the end of the nine holes it just seemed like it was part of the cart. And I will say we like Precision Pro. They're really really good people. Customer service is great, and it's value. These things are they're not ripping you off. It's like it you know you're not paying an arm and a leg, but you're getting the highest technology for for a good value. All right, what's this week's Precision Pro Flashback Friday? I've got not going? one, but two. I've got oh. one, sh- one short one. This was, uh, this was, um, this was submitted by John Azakowitz. And oh, okay. Friend of the tre- program. Tremendous, tremendous um, memory. I meant to, fuck. I meant to keep this up. Uh, so it's 2005. <laughs> 2005 yep. Deutsche Bank, which was the kickoff of the uh, playoffs. Yeah. Yep, TPC so, Boston. TPC Boston, 2005 is is famously known for when VJ overtook. Oh, uh, Tiger. But that was 05? I, I think right. I think so. That's okay. according. I'm 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 trusting our our source here. 2004. Okay. 2004. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought it was 2004. All 2004. Right. So, um, John remembers this from being a, a kid. Oh, yeah. He's a local. He's local. a big BC Hoops fan. One of the few out there. Diehard BC basketball fan. What, <laughs> what, do you remember, what he remembers is something, a pre-tournament activation. Now, oh, this is absolutely incredible. So, it was done. There's an event pre- leading up to the tournament called the Boston Tea Party. 
And it was at okay. Boston Harbor. It was an activation. <laughs> okay. And all John remembers is that he couldn't, he's been searching on the internet. I searched on the internet. I couldn't find anything about it. Okay. But it was a, it was a launch of a plastic tea company called Evolve. Oh, yeah. Evolve They're still around. Tea. Yes. Yeah. And, and what they did was the activation was they dumped a shitload of teas into no. Boston Harbor. No, come on. <laughs> That's serious. So he goes, I can't, I can't remember anything about it. He didn't remember the tea company or anything, except that Aaron Oberholzer was somehow involved. So I messaged Aaron about <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Yes. And uh, he got back to me. He 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 remembered fondly the event. So he said, <laughs> "I was the original endorser of Evolve golf tees, biodegradable tees that didn't dull mower blades, didn't create brown spots on tee boxes if you broke them off and left them half in the with a half tee in the ground. It was an interesting product, but they dumped a shitload of tees into Boston <laughs> Harbor." As they're like kickoff party, and it Did, just think about how ridiculously toned so dumb. that is. Even if they're biodegradable, why why are we dumping them into Boston Harbor? They didn't fish them out. They didn't put them in a plastic no, bag and then pull the bag them. out. They dumped them in. Oh my god! That seems like illegal. Seems like they're yes. in trouble for that. That's a great activation, though. I mean, it's not a good activation, but it's memorable. And so, it's absurdity. So that's that's your quick flashback Friday. I like that. To, to the activation before the 2004 Deutsche Bank Championship. All uh, all thanks to John Ezekowitz there. I like that. That's good. That's all fantastic. Right. We're going to go back to 07 Women's British Open. Do you know who won? And do you know, you know the historic moments of this championship? There's two two levels of history made this week. Uh, now looking it, it up. Hanukkah? <laughs> no. Lorena Ochoa wins her first major championship, and she wins it at the old course. Oh, St. Andrews. Not the Fairmont, but the real St. Andrews, the old okay. course. Okay. Um, this was the first time that a women's professional event was hosted at the old course. Oh. Ochoa wins her first major championship and becomes the first player since Tony Lima to win their first major at the old course. So going into this, Ochoa was, uh, she was 25. She was 0 for 24 in majors. And that was like, she was number one ranked player in the world. And all the talk was, well, maybe she can't win the big one. Yeah. Um, sure. So her near misses, we documented in a spotlight the 05 uh, open at Cherry Hills, where Cherry she Hills. like chunk popped up a tee shot on the last hole and making a triple bogey when a par, I think, would have won it. Maybe, Johnny or at least gotten into the playoff. Um, yeah, it was it was maybe one was of the bad. worst shots I've ever seen on the 18th hole. Yep. Right up there yep. with like Norman's like shank on at uh, Augusta uh, was the, the show a chunk pop up. Um, at, at the 06 Kraft Nabisco, she had a, th- a three shot lead going into the final round, lost to Kari Ra- Webb. And then, uh, just weeks before at the 07, uh, us open, she tied for the, she was tied for the lead, uh, with five to play. She made a really bad bogey when she hit like a tree. Um, 
it was like a bad, really bad shot. And, uh, and then she ended up losing by one finishing runner up in that. Um, so, uh, this was obviously the first time women professional event at the old course. Uh, and this is from, so this was her 24th major start. 25th. So she, yeah, I mean, she only had 33 total. Yeah. So this yeah. was like, this is the thing. The she reti- I know she retired earlier, but I mean, it just, I didn't so realize this it was took her so long to get her first one. The last yeah. major she played was the Dinosaur in 2010. So the first okay. major of the year in 2010. And there's only wow. four majors a year at this point. She never sure. played in the five major a year super season. <laughs> so, so, super slam. That Evian hadn't been just granted major status for no reason um, other than money. Um, money. Yeah. But uh, the uh, okay. so she she won the Dinosaur. So she won only won two majors. She had had yeah. 12. She had 12 LPGA wins at this point um, in her career. And, okay. and a lot of them I just didn't recently. realize that came late. Her wins yeah. came so well, late. Well, okay. I mean, she only won two. Right. So, so, right. Um, so this is uh, from an SI article. Uh, in, fa- so in fact, the Ladies Golf Union, the body that oversees rules and competition for women and girls in Great Britain, including the 31-year-old Open, which became a major only in 2001, had never approached St. Andrew's Links Trust about hosting such an event until this one. Quite simply, the time was right, said Ladies Golf Union CEO Leslie Byrd. It's a recognition of where the game is. You know, to me, it seems like nobody can say yes unless you ask. I I don't understand that they didn't even approach. Right? What is that all about? That seems like... I mean, I sort of get it with like Muirfield or something like that, maybe. Not not approaching them until recently um, because they didn't even have women members. But like, why didn't they try? It's a it's a public. It's unbelievable, right? Huh. So they didn't even ask. They had never asked until you know the mid two thousands. The twenty first century. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, Kari Kari Webb remarks: We seem to be moving out of the eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. Finally. Um. So one of the big things, like they they were stunned by the hospitality of of the old course in St Andrews. Okay. You know they they were stunned that they allowed them to use the the locker rooms. They were you know they were, that they were friendly and welcome and open to this championship, which is just kind of crazy to think about. Like that they had a feeling of like you know they were worried about being welcomed at that place. God, they had it at Woburn from nineteen ninety. In 1996, seven years in a row they had it. You know, there's a, it wasn't a major then. That's one quick way That's, to make it not it a major. The Weedabix, Weedabix, Weedabix title sponsor, the cereal, I think that is. Okay, continue. So Sorry. Ochoa's caddy was Dave Brooker. Dave okay. Brooker was a, a caddy for Seve Ballesteros. That's right. All right. So he All said right. during the tournament. He, she reminded him a bit of Seve. All these little shots. It only took her a few holes on a Monday practice round for her to realize the usual swing goes out the window here. You have to chip everything here. It's as as if she'd been playing here all of her life. Interesting. 
Heard uh, Nelly made a statement like that today when she made her bogey on 16. She goes, I should have done a bump and run. You know, I thought about it, but I thought I had enough grass that I could have thrown it up in the air. And it went. she's like, I, I know Lynx golf. Like, I know I need to do more bump and run and chip, uh, you know, low runners. But yeah, Nelly said the same thing about her one, one of her rare bogeys today. Interesting. Um, okay. So she got off to a hot start, led the tournament uh, right off the bat. Uh, held, you know, went. This was a wire to wire win for Ochoa, but the okay. big, the big round came on uh, on Saturday. So she she had a one shot lead over Katrina Matthew uh, heading into Saturday, uh, and Wendy Ward as well. Uh, and then there was a bunch of bunch of players in the mix. Um, and Saturday was like the crazy day. Thirty five mile an hour gusts, all crosswinds, tough pins, twenty six players. All of whom made the cut. So, like, this is, doesn't yeah. include the Thursday, yeah. Friday, like, scrubs that are playing. The qualifier yeah. or whatever, the amateur. Yeah, these yeah, are, yeah. These are yeah. the, the players. I mean, what, 70 players probably made the cut? I, I don't have the math in front of me. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, like, so let's just say 75 players made the cut. 26 of them. A third of them shot worse than 80. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so, Ochoa's strategy the whole week or actually on Saturday, yep. you know, this This is, again, some people say this is a misconception. I saw in Sean Martin's piece, Colin Morikawa's coach talked about how hitting one, one shot is, uh, he doesn't like that. Lorraine Ochoa had a, had a strategy of hitting draws on the way out and punch cuts on the way in. How about that? She opened up a six-shot lead for Sunday with a round of even par. Um, Wendy Ward, who played with her on Saturday, said, I guess we're all playing for second. Which, to that point, for Ochoa, hadn't been lock, you know, lock it up, really, Mm -hmm. at a major. But she did. She she built the margin that would enable her to cruise home, I guess, on Sunday. Interesting. This kind of became like the official passing of the baton. Uh, Sorostam was third going into the final round made an early charge but Ochoa was was good enough it, she wasn't great in the final round it was pouring rain it was uh apparently so rainy that um that Ochoa who never uses a glove put a glove on oh anti-glove yeah I yeah like that. she only like found that. the sand three times the entire week uh, one of which was the 17th hole, and people like had like flashbacks of Duval in 2000. Yeah. Uh, but she chipped out and made bogey. Um, and uh, here's uh, here's Lawrence Donegan um, from the Independent. It was the 25 year old Mexican's first major cha- championship, and confirmed that she is the world's best female player by a considerable distance. So this is like I think the official end of the Annika era and moved over to Ochoa, which, like, you know, people have said it was there, but her getting that major was really what uh, what needed to happen. More Donegan. Uh, Yesterday's outcome was an endorsement of the old course. This venerable place has a habit of producing winners only of the highest class. Jack Nicholas twice, Seve Ballesteros, Nick Faldo, John Daly, and Tiger Woods twice. Oh, too bad he... He, he wrote this before uh, Zach Johnson, 2015. We could add to that. Have all won Opens here since 1970, and it was fitting that the first women's professional tournament played here ended with the world's best female golfer winning the trophy. 
I gotta say, I mean, I'm very romanticized by her hitting one shot the whole way out. Not one shot, but hitting one shape the whole way out. And then just totally reversing course and doing the, you know, one shot, focusing on one shape coming in. Like, that is just really cool to think about. Obviously, it's kind of a rare thing that you'd see at a place like St. Andrews. Um, Old course, to be clear. Maybe at Fairmount as well. I don't know. But... uh, that's that's very cool. I'm trying. To, I would love some of the more older historic listeners to send in if they have any other recollections of a singular singular round like that at a major or high profile. Otherwise, that, that's pretty cool to think about. So. Ochoa right. Ochoa said, you know, afterwards it was just the way I had dreamed it. Like everything, like that. Yeah. She said she talked about how, like, on Sunday or the Sunday before when she got there, she just had this like vivid dream of like you know winning there and uh and the rain stopped for like the last three holes it was pouring rain and stopped and and just like you know the whole atmosphere uh it's just it's a neat neat thing to have a like a coronation of a great player happen at the old course like that right you know we we got tiger in 97 at augusta which is you know like it does. It's so rare that the coronation happens at one of the like the the established like places yep. in golf, and especially for it to happen with the women the first time they ever played uh, the old course to have the best player win is so neat. Uh, one little anecdote. Uh, guess who won low amateur? Uh, oh seven. Who? Um, Me- go ahead. Mel Reed. Mel Reed. Ah, all right. That's cool. Still looking for her first major, too. But, yeah, that's great. Got her first win. Mel Reed. There you go. Flashback Friday. Flashback Friday. Thank you to Precision Pro. Precision Pro Golf. That's a great one. Best player in the world at at, uh, the old course on the first hosting of the women so and obviously i think like this this start kicked off the the other significant thing this kicked off like you know the women's uh open championship went to good venues like they went to a lot of good venues before this but i think this was the thing that really opened the door to a lot of the other established uh open rota courses and and we've seen it play out over the you know last few years you know, Troon. outside of uh, Woburn, but we had you know Troon, we had Carnoustie. They had they were at Turnberry a few years and, in 2015. Yeah. Burkdale, you know, Burkdale was was a regular host before this, but St Andrews in 2013, and obviously it's on the uh, the future you know docket too. Cool, that's a good one. Precision Pro Flashback Friday, PrecisionProGolf.com. Thank you to them for supporting it. All right, everyone, enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the coffee golf. Enjoy the uh, end of summer as summer winds down here. We got only a a couple more weeks before Labor Day. But uh, everyone enjoy it. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have fun at your wedding, Andy, too. Thank you. (laughs) 